Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. How many people are ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ? How many people are ready to celebrate the birth of your Savior, your Lord, Jesus? Come on, I love that song. She said, hear the angels sing. How many people know that the angels didn't just sing 2,000 years ago? The Bible tells us that today they surround the throne of Christ singing, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. Holy, holy, holy is the one who sits on the throne. Come on, church, let's join the angels in their worship tonight, celebrating a risen king, celebrating the birth of hope, the birth of peace, the birth of joy, the birth of life. Come on, join the angels in the choir, in the chorus today. I hear them singing. I hear them lifting up his name. Jesus. Jesus. You know, I love that song. I love that song so much just because of the title. Holy night. Oh, holy night. Those two words should not exist in the same sentence together if you think about it. The word holy, every time you read it in the Bible, is in connotation with some sort of bright light. Every time that a holy thing shows up, people have to cover their faces and cover their eyes because throughout scripture, holy is bright. So here's my question. If holy is bright, then how can we have a holy night? I'll tell you how. In Jesus, God become flesh. You see, Jesus could have picked any day to be born. I like the fact that Jesus picked his birthday when he picked his birthday. I know what that feels like because with my wife, we induced labor with justice. So the doctor was like, when do you want the baby to be born? I was like, we could pick the birthday. And they were like, yeah. We were like, well, let's check our calendar there. What we got going on? We're like, oh, no, that's too close to that family member's birthday. That's who we got to pick it. Jesus didn't just pick the day he was born. He picked, because we're not really certain what day he was born, but he also picked the time that he was born. I want you to sit in that a little bit. He chose to be born at night. Why night? Why when it's dark? He chose to be born in the manger. Why not a palace? Why not a throne room? Because he was trying to send us a message, church, that he didn't just come from his world into our world, from his awesomeness into our messiness, from his purity into our filth, from his solution into our problems. Jesus didn't just leave heaven. He stepped into our dirt. He stepped into our fault. He stepped into our darkness. He stepped into our night. And when Jesus stepped into the night, it became a holy night. It became a powerful night. It became a breakthrough night. Just like tonight, when the world is dark and life is dark Jesus can show up and he can brighten up the whole thing he can turn it around come on how many people can testify that Jesus is in the room he's in your heart he's in your life you got a holy night kind of testimony when it's dark around you but bright on the inside amen come on if you're ready to celebrate Jesus give God some praise come on we got the 830 service in the room tonight I can't tell what kind of group this is. I can't tell if this is the group that got off late from work or the group that's out late because they like to party. I'm not sure. What kind of group is it tonight? Come on, are you ready to give God some praise? 
think it's the latter. I think it's the latter. Amen. Well, hey, welcome to Christmas Eve Eve at Journey Church. And uh, before you take a seat, I'd like it if you could to find three people you haven't said hi to yet and give them a good, strong Merry Christmas. Come on, come on. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Three people, three people. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and a happy holiday. Let's go ahead and sing. Come on. Hey, well, I'm so glad that you're here today. My name is JJ, if we haven't met yet. And alongside my wife, Liz, we have the privilege of serving Journey Church as its lead pastors. And it's the honor and joy of our life. And if you didn't know that, that means you are a first-time guest. And I don't know if you're visiting us today from another church, but if you don't have a church today and you're looking to get connected and plugged into a community of faith and good peoples, I want you to know that you have arrived at the right place. Look no further, because you are surrounded by some of the most amazing, honest, open, Transparent people in all of Central Florida. Journey Church, would you prove me right by welcoming all of our first-time guests one last time? Thank you. Hey, also, people going for Journey Church Online. What's up, Journey Church Online? Also, I can take a second just to honor uh, Jamil and Blanco, who crushed those worship songs. Thank y'all for taking time out of your week and ministry to be with us and all of our volunteers who have put on this service, Dream Teamers. And we love you so much. You know, we actually have a very uh, special group that's here as well that we got to give a shout out to. For the first time in this building, we're not worshiping alone, just adults and teenagers and young adults, but we also got Journey Kids in the house. Let's welcome our children to church today. Kids, where you at? If you're a kid in the room, I want you to make some noise on three. One, two, three. I love it. I love it. I know that your mom tells you not to talk during the sermon. But I like it when you talk. As long as you talk to me, I like it. And so you can make noise today. You can shout today. We're excited to do church with you. I'm glad you get to see your mom and dad worship and get closer to the Lord. And are you excited about opening up presents in a couple days, kids? Come on. Yes. I love it. I love I used to love coming down the stairs on Christmas morning. My, my parents did a great job. Santa did a great job. And uh, I don't know who I'm talking to today, so I got to be careful. And, he did such a good job, and I was always surprised, and I was just so blessed, and, uh, you know, nothing like it, unless, unless, unless you grew up in the home of my, my friend's house. Now, I'm going to tell you who my friend is, because he's a pastor, and I like him, and if I tell you what I'm about to tell you about him, you might hate him so much, you message him and tell him on social media that I was talking about him. I can't have that, so I'm not going to give you his name, because this is very, I'm going to tell you before I tell you this, he's a good guy. Good pastor, great church, good friend, and honestly, an awesome dad. And his wife, awesome mom. We've learned so much about parenting. They are like five, six kids, and, and they all love Jesus. So I asked him a lot of questions about parenting. wants to get better. But there's one thing in parenting that he does that Liz and I decided, you know what? I don't think we're going to opt into that one, though. But I like the other things. I like the date night idea. That's cool. I don't know about this one, though. And the one thing he does is he and his wife do not give their kids presents on Christmas Day. I know. Every kid in here is like, I'm going to a new church, mommy. I don't, want to, I don't like this church. Uh, just so you know, this, I'm not about to tell you to not get your kids presents. I'm getting my kids presents. If you're wondering, we are pro-presents, okay? This is our, our position on presents. We are pro-presents, okay? I love presents, love giving them. I love receiving them. This is great. Uh, and, and I just, I didn't get it when he told me, so I asked him why. I said, man, you just got to tell me why. And I, when he told me why, I, it kind of got ministered to me a little bit. I said, I said, man, why don't you gift your kids presents 
on Christmas, and he said, JJ, on their birthdays, we flood them with presents. They get so many presents on their birthday, they cannot count nor carry them. But Christmas is not their birthday. It's Jesus' birthday. I was like, oh, that's good. I'm going to still do presents, but, but that's good. I like that. That's really good. <laughs> and uh, I think what I liked about it, I think what I liked about, about that message and about that, that, what he said, even though I don't do it, what he said was that it reminded me that even though Christmas is so embedded in our culture today, that the true meaning of Christmas is actually very countercultural to today. Despite what the ads on your social feed or the commercials in between your cartoons, kids, or the magazines in your mailbox tell you, Christmas is not about what we get. Christmas is about what God gave. And God gave Jesus. And about how the spirit, that spirit of generosity can absolutely turn the world upside down and around. It can change the world. I know that firsthand. Because this week, this past week, my boys, Justice and Zane, we do this every Christmas. We, we, they go to the week of Christmas. They go to our neighbor's homes. And, and Liz or myself, we always put together some present. It's mostly this. She puts together this present. And then we drop them off at the houses and we say Merry Christmas. And, uh, well, we did that. This, we do that almost every year. And every year it never fails. We only did it, didn't do it one year in 2020 because we didn't think anybody would open their doors. Uh, outside of that, we did it, and we had, uh, every year the same thing happens. That week, we get visited by so many neighbors who come and bring gifts to us. Now, let me tell you something about these neighbors. I love my neighbors, but I know they were not planning on getting us gifts. Now, what happened? They were at home, two little cute kids showed up to the front door with the present, and they were like, oh my gosh, thank you. It's the blue house. Go to the store. It's a test one night. Thank you. And they come back three days later with a present. And I'm not even mad at it. I'm glad about it because it goes to show you the power of generosity. They felt inspired to do something because they had received. They had received something. That's why every Christian on around December ought to be ought to be out there making a difference. Because when we're generous, what that does is that creates a spirit of generosity. Every Christian who's received a gift, come on now, Jenny Church. Any any Christian that's received the gift of life, any Christian that's received Jesus Christ, when you've been given something like that, how can you not go out and share and go out and help when you receive? A gift, you almost got to instinctually got to go out, got to give right back because that's how it works. That's why we tell people who to not get us presents because if they do get us presents and we didn't have one for them, we feel so bad because we got to reciprocate. That's what it is with the gift of Jesus. Now, now every kid who's listening to me going, oh man, you're preaching about giving, but you know, you're probably thinking the same thing, uh, kid, that my, my son was thinking when, uh, I like the organ, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> Unless we're going to go like, you know, black church up in here, then I could do it. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> you got to get to the sermon. You got to get to the sermon. You got to get to the sermon. Um, justice, justice. 
throw me off, bro. Justice. So I said, Justice, you're gonna say the same thing Justice told me when I said, Justice, what'd you get mommy for Christmas? He said, he said, he looked at me, he said, I'm broke. Well, listen, you might be broke, kid, but let me tell you two things you don't know. Number one, you ain't the only one that's broke. We all broke. <laughs> it's, you don't just have to thank mommy and daddy for them presents. You can thank Amex, Visa, Discover, all of them. They all helped to put together a Christmas for you. And number two, it's not just hard to give when you don't have money. It's also hard to give when you don't have hope. Hard to give when you don't have joy. Hard to give when you don't have peace. I want you to leave this place with a spirit of generosity. I want you to leave here ready to, to knock on neighbor's doors and just say Merry Christmas to the person who's at your cash register. But I know that it's hard to give when you feel so broke. Broke in. So what I want to do today is I want to give you a gift. I better said, I want to remind you of the gift you already have. And I think that as I remind you of this gift that you already have, that something inside of you is going to come alive. And that that is going to spread like those candles will in just a few moments to those who are around you. And the world can change through this gift called Jesus who inspires a spirit of generosity that changes the world. And so, and so here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to grab the candle that you were handed when you walked in. Could you do me that favor? And also, if you didn't receive one, now's the time to let us know. Just raise your hand and we have a host that will up, walk up and down. If you did not receive a candle, keep your hand high and a host will meet you. So yeah, there you go. So do not put your hand down. Now, while they do that, in the meantime, I want you to grab this candle, okay? And I want you to hold it up, and, and I want you to, to say this sentence with me. Ready? Say this. Say, I might not have much, but this I have. Here's the title of my message. Ready? This little light of mine. I'll say it. This little. I want to preach today on a message very short called This Little Light of Mine. I want you to imagine that the candle you hold is you. You are that candle. Well, if I'm the candle, Pastor JJ, then where's Jesus? I'm glad you asked. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, Jesus, all things were made. And without Him, Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And here we go. And that life was the, say it with me, the light of all mankind. You are the candle. Jesus is the flame, or said differently, Jesus is the light of my life. Yes, he is. You know, when you understand candles, they're really quite an innovation. Before we had them, there were oil lamps. And I don't mean before we had them. I mean, like, oil lamps were like Aladdin, you know what I'm saying, back in the day. But oil lamps were not very uh, functional. They didn't last very long. They would break and cause fires. The candle was really a great innovation because it allowed fire to last hours and hours. It was safer. It came in a million different scents, like people come in a million different personalities. But you know, for however awesome a candle is, there are two truths that humble that candle. Truth number one, no matter how beautiful, expensive, or ornate a candle is, listen to me, a candle is nothing if it's not lit. Nothing, it doesn't have enough in and of itself. And then secondly, I don't care how advanced science gets, science will never invent a way for a candle to light itself. Because a candle was not made to create fire. A candle was made to contain fire. Here's what I love about Christianity and what I love about my Bible. This might sound crazy. Let me finish. The Bible does not teach you how to get to heaven. In fact, on the contrary, it teaches you 
that there's nothing you can do to get to heaven. If, if you could get there by being good, eventually you'd be bad. If you could get there by following the rules, eventually you'd break them. So what did God do? He changed the game. He understood that you could not come to him. He understood that you could not light himself. So since you could not come to him, heaven came down. This is the story of Christmas that we could not light ourselves. So heaven came down. You know, we do this a lot in life. And forgive me because I have no other way to say it. So forgive me if it means something else to you. But I think a lot of people spend their whole lives trying to get lit. Their whole lives. They'll go to other people to try and get lit. I keep it PG. Got kids in the room. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? They'll have a kid thinking that a kid will help them get lit. They'll, they'll join a club or make some friends and thinking that the friends will help them get lit. But anytime you try and get lit from another person, that doesn't create fire, that just creates friction. Because that person cannot provide what you're looking for. Then you get frustrated because you expect them to light a candle that they don't have the ability to light. Some people, they, you know, they, they kill it in the business world and they try and, and light, light their life with money. But what you fail to see is that that money is paper. In other words, it's not fire, it's fuel. It's, it can't light either. So then kids, sometimes adults, we get lost in our devices. We go to our devices to escape. We go to our devices and the, and the light and our phones and the apps and the games and the videos and the shows and the social media and we'll spend our whole life there but, but this is artificial light and when this runs out, you run out. And by the way, it's artificial light, not real, which means this is what you're trying to do. It's not gonna work. The only way this works is when the fire, is when God's presence comes down. And then, here's how it works, ready? His strength becomes your strength. His power becomes your power. His joy becomes your joy. His righteousness becomes your righteousness. His hope becomes your hope. His ways become your ways. His heart becomes your heart. His mind, your, your mind. His hands, your hands. Everything he, and now I don't gotta chase it anymore. Now I just chase the fire. And everything in him is what I find. He provides me everything. When I lean into him, Jesus is the light of my life. You believe it, put your hands together, give God some praise. Come on now. And listen to me, listen to me. Jesus is not just the light of my life, he's also the light in the dark. Jesus is the light in the dark. What does that mean? How is that different than the first thing you said? Well, you know, the dark, the dark is scary. Like, ready, kids? I need you to help me out. Kids, I need you to help me out. I need you to interact with you. You should be honest with me. How many kids sleep with a night light on? Kids, come on, be honest. See the hand, thank you, thank you for honesty. Thank you. Okay, a lot of hands. Way to go, kids. Okay. Hey, you don't have to feel bad. I'm about to show you something that's going to make you feel real good. Ready? Adult. How many adults sleep with a nightlight on? <laughs> Come on, we got more adults than kids to sleep with the lights on. You know what's crazy about that? We got adults scared of the dark. You know, can I tell you something? That's not to be ashamed of. Did you know most fears are, are based in some kind of trauma? Like a dog bit you, so you're afraid of dogs. You're afraid of sharks because you watch Jaws too young at an age, you know. Maybe, you know, Aunt Carol used to wear, wear too much makeup, now you're afraid of clowns. Just like stuff like that. She got fears. It comes out. 
you get scared and but did you know that there is only one innate universal fear that comes without experience and it is the fear of the dark you never get taught to be afraid of the dark it's inside of you when the scientists studied it more they realized that people really weren't afraid of the dark are you ready they were afraid of what the dark was hiding can I break it down a little more simpler? What really scares us about the dark is the things we don't know. So like, you go into bed at night and you hear a noise and you're on the second floor and the first floor you hear that noise and you're like, babe, babe, get up. He's <laughs> like, what? And then did you hear that noise? He'd be like, yes, the fridge making ice. You're like, no, it's a burglar. <laughs> Satan has entered our home, babe. Go. Put on worship music right now. Our minds automatically are drawn to the worst case. What, so let me apply this to other areas of life. You go to, you go to the doctor. Uh, it's not what could that noise be. No, it's I wonder what the results of that test could be. I, I, you get into a relationship. I wonder, you just started dating. I wonder how this is going to end. I've just exchanged numbers already. Just afraid of how it's going to turn out. You're pregnant. I wonder how my baby's going to come out healthy get pregnant I wonder if we're gonna be able to keep this and there's a there's a lot of uncertainty and and fear and and the world gets dark sometimes when you don't know but I got good news for you about this dark world you got some little thing that is not afraid of the dark on the contrary on the contrary John chapter 1, verse 1. We read it just a second ago. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. What was Jesus doing in the beginning? In the beginning, what was he doing? Let's go to Genesis to find out. Did you know that in the book of Genesis, in chapter 1, verse 1, 2, 3, you can see the Trinity in verses 1 through 3? If you're not familiar with the Trinity, that's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's one God, three persons. It's a mystery, but it works. It's all about the Bible. Did you know that you see the Trinity in the first three verses? Look at this. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God, there's the Father, created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. It was dark. You think the world is dark now? The world was dark then. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the there's the Spirit. So you got Father, Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the waters. Pastor, you said the Trinity. Where's Jesus? Verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And remember John 1? And that light was the light of all mankind. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. That in the darkest of dark times, the darkest time this world has ever seen, even in the darkest, that darkness did not disable the light. On the contrary, the light dispelled the darkness. I'm trying to tell you, darkness is where light shines. Turn on all the lights really quick. Can we turn on all the lights? All the house lights. All the house. Turn them all. Here we go. This is bright, right here. Look at this light. This is an unimpressive light. Why? Because it's lit up in this room. You don't need light when the world is lit up. You don't need to know when you know. You don't need God when everything is good, when everything is going great. Right? And sometimes we miss God because everything's going so great. We can't see God because everything's going so great. But we're gonna shut off all the lights. Huh? Here's my only point. Darkness, the light shines best in the dark. 
and now I'm in attention. Hear me, because I can't see what's beyond that curtain. And I can't see what's behind that curtain, because it's dark. But I can see, right, what I'm trying to tell you is even though I don't know some things, because I got Jesus, I know some things. So I can know some things in the midst of not knowing some things. Kids, let me tell you how this works. Kids, this is how it works. Children, this is how it works. When you go back to school after your break, you're going to go into a classroom and you're going to be wondering, do these kids like me? Am I going to make friends this year? I'm not really sure how it's going to work. I don't know if I'm going to get along with anyone. Let me encourage you. Even though you don't know if anyone in that room is going to like you, let me encourage you. Every room you walk in, you do know that there is a Father in heaven who loves you, who is walking with you, who has guarded you. All my adults, let me help you. We don't know if 2023 is going to be a recession. Some say we're already in it now. Is the S&P 500 going to crash? Is the economy going to crash? I don't know. I don't have a prophetic word for you on that. But in the middle of not knowing, you know what you do know? Who Jehovah Jireh is, who your provider is, where you get your sustenance from, who puts food in your belly and oxygen in your lungs and gas in your car. The Lord, young adult, teenager, let me help you. Well, I just don't know what I was made for. I don't know what I was made for. I'm not trying to make fun of that. I know that feeling. I'm just saying, you shouldn't be freaking out if you're 20. Like, you got life in front of you, man. You're good to go. Don't worry about it. But let me tell you something. If you're struggling there and you don't know what you're made for, here's what you do know in the midst of that not knowing what you're made for. You know who you're made for. And when you know who you're made for, you can serve God wherever you go. You can serve God at Popeye's Chicken. You can serve God at McDonald's. You can serve God at Walmart, at Costco, because everywhere I go, he goes with me. I know that I'm a minister in work clothes. I know that I'm a son of God with a hat on and a vest on. I, I clean toilets, but I got the Holy Spirit on me. I'm an anointed custodian. I got power. I know, I know who I live to serve. So I serve him in the stock room. I serve him in the kitchen. I serve him at the cash register. I serve him at the gas station. I serve him at the 7-Eleven. I know who I live for. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Last one, last one, last one. So, so I'll turn the lights back, regular. So, so, so when I got the light, okay, he's the light in the dark. I can know some things even when I don't know some things. Here's the last thing. Jesus is the light of my life. It's not just the light of getting the Jesus is the light at the end of the tunnel. I love this one. I love this one. You know, I, I like to preach with illustrations. Sometimes the illustrations fall apart on themselves if I'm not careful. Like, I can't take it too far because then, then it's like, well, am I really that? And I thought that that was going to be the case with this candle. Because I was preaching with the candle, practicing at home, going through all the things I felt like God was sharing with me. And as I was watching the light, I was like, the candle... I'm telling everybody to get lit on the candle, Jesus. Candle's melting. So I'm like, how do I spin it? You know? Preaching, you know, I'm like, melt for Jesus. You know? Like, what do I do? How do I make this applicable? You know? Because everybody wants fire, but nobody wants to melt. Don't nobody want to melt? I didn't come to serve God to melt. Yet it could feel like that, right? I thought when I served Jesus, things were supposed to get better. I thought life was supposed to improve and things weren't supposed to be hard no more. I'm over here coming to church and I'm melting. Reading the Bible and I'm melting. Worshiping God and I'm melting. Come on now. This is not what we signed up for. Yet at the same time, all candles melt. 
unless you're one of those people that buys a candle and never lights it. Oh, my decorative candle people. Can I help you? A candle is not a decoration. It's something you light and smell. <laughs> it looks so pretty. That's not what it was made for, though. I, honestly, I don't know why Saturn. A candle that melts or a candle that never gets to do what it was born to do? Because the reality is both candles die. Except I think the one that never gets lit dies the worst death because it dies buried in a cabinet. What I'm trying to say is that without, we all die. But without God, you die and you stay in the box you died in. But with God, you want to hear a science experiment, crazy science experiment? This is going to blow your mind. Kids, you've probably been thinking of this because you, you and I, we think a lot alike. Yeah, yeah. I bet you've been wondering. When you light a candle and it melts, where does the candle go? Most things you light on fire, you see it after it was burned. It's rem charred remains are there. Not a candle. You light a candle and it where did that candle go? I'll tell you where it went. First, I'm going to show you a Bible verse. And I'm going to say where it went. Revelation chapter 22, verse 3. This is a picture of heaven. Something you didn't know about heaven. Watch. Yeah, maybe some of you did. Study the Bible. Theologians out there. But some of y'all probably have never heard this about heaven. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. The servants will serve him. You probably knew that part. They're going to serve God forever. Look at verse 5. In heaven... There will be no more night. Did you know that in heaven there's no night? It's really a beautiful picture because in our world there's rhythms to night and day. Because there's rhythms to the night and days of our lives. Some days we have days, other days we have nights. But in heaven, no more. In heaven it's just light. No night. They will not need the light of a lamp or of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light. They will reign forever and ever. Oh my goodness. Heaven. Are you ready? When you light a candle, it doesn't melt. Here's what I found out. Short answer. It evaporates. I know, you're like, you're going to have to bring this home, Pastor. I don't know. Having a hard time connecting the dots. When something evaporates, where does it go? Huh? So even though it looks like it's going down, Not going down. It's actually, I might look like I'm melting. <laughs> but the Bible says, as I waste away outward, inward, I am being spiritually renewed day by day. I might look like I'm suffering, but I'm not suffering. I might look like I'm going through a tough time, but it's not more than just a tough time. Something is happening on the inside of me when I melt. That is the beautiful picture of Christmas. That Jesus came down so that I could go up. And Christians, when you hold your candle out and you light it, as you light it, that's what I want you to remember. This is not my candle. This is my life. And I let it burn for you. Because I know it is not wasting away. I know that it's being renewed. And it's going to find itself again in heaven where there is no more night, no more tears, no more pain, no more crying, no more hurting, no more shame. 
more hatred in Jesus. Amen? You got a little light. Now, if you don't have Jesus, the first step is to light your candle. And Jesus is in the room today to do that for you. Every head but every eye closed. If your candle is not lit, and I mean that metaphorically, I mean that spiritually, I mean that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, when I count to three, if there's an emptiness inside of you, you got invited to church by a friend, you have no idea that, that God, it was God's plan all along to give you the joy that you've been missing, the peace, the security you've been missing. If that's you, when I say three, shoot your right hand high, Jesus, I need you all over this room. One, two, three, raise your right hand if you need Jesus. Right now, I want to see that hand if you need Jesus. Come on, I see that hand. I see the kids here's hands. I see that hand, young adult. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand in the back, in the middle. Amen. Go ahead and put your hand down. Whether you raise your hand or not, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I can't do this by myself. I can't do this by myself. Give you my life. I give you my life. I'm empty without you. Forgive me for my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm ready to start a brand new life with you today. Light up my life with your joy and your life. I receive your fire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Would you give it up for all those who made the decision? Hey, if that was you, I'd love for you to fill a connect card out. It's in the front back seat in front of you. Fill it out. You can turn it into one of our hosts, our dream teamers. You can put it in the black bin just so we know that you made a decision and we can walk with you. All right, you ready to light some candles? Why don't you stand on your feet? Here's what I want you to do. My candle's going to get lit. When my candle gets lit, I'm going to come and I'm going to light yours. After I light yours, I need your help. I need you to light the candle of the person behind you and next to you. That's how that works. All right? And as it's spreading, it will spread like the good news of Jesus Christ coming to earth. Spread all over the earth.
We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.